See, this is the real secret of life, to be completely engaged with the here and now. Everybody wants to fulfill the highest, truest expression of yourself. It, it, it was all a dream. Today is about the power of you. You've now entered the Human Derrick Podcast. Okay, I never, I never did this before, so but uh, just talking through. here. Yeah. Okay. So well, can... which is the topic? Yeah, there is no topic. <laughs> That's the fun part. Talking about my crazy experience here. Sure. Here, so we can kind of hear. Yeah, so be closer. Turn myself up. Yeah. So this is a. Uh, you can do a lot with this. It's pretty strong. The only thing you can't do is pull it up. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you can move it sideways, left, right. Like it screws here. I, I think. This is fine. Okay. You do, oh my you gosh, do I'm be... hurting myself. What's <laughs> it's that? so weird. I'm hurting myself. It's so weird. Oh, yeah. The, is it like your first time ever hearing that? Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yes. Well, I'm very nervous, but I think we'll be <laughs> fun. <laughs> it's my first time. So very fun, yeah. Well, you know, just for my bad English, that I'm still working on it. Hey, well, your English is pretty good. I realized that when I texted you and you're like, should I come yet? I'm like, oh, man, I put have, I should have worded that better uh, when I was like, take your time. You know, yeah. So how, wait, how long have you been here? In November, we've been three years. Three years? Yeah, I moved here three years ago. Okay. With my dog. Well, Because <laughs> yeah. people always ask me, like, alone? How you manage it to, you know, move? alone from another country that is actually on the other uh, opposite part of the globe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i say no i'm not really alone i was with my dog <laughs> is your is your dog speaking good english yet <laughs> no she's italian she's very italian <laughs> but she like american people yeah well, that's, that's good. I'm sure we like her too. What kind of dog is it? She's a rescue, so I'm not really sure because um, she's a mix. Mm -hmm. She also has two different color eyes, so it's totally a mix. <laughs> wow. I think most of us are probably pretty mixed at this point. Yeah. That's super Especially cool. Especially here in America, yeah. Yeah, very mixed, <laughs> huh? Yeah, it's not like, yeah, there's so, so much. So you, so you just packed up and moved and you... That's pretty awesome. What what made you, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons people move here. What made you want to take the jump? Yeah, well, I have a different reasons. Uh, but first of all, because it was always a dream. Always, you know, thinking to go in America because of the movies, <laughs> you know, actions and stuff. And uh, one year before, actually, one year before move here, I did a big trip with a with a group of people, and I traveled around California and other states. And the last three days, I was visiting here San Diego, and I just fell in love with San Diego. So then I decided to come back here and do a vacation just here in San Diego for you know try to learn. Uh, explore this, the city and, uh, you know, the place, uh, trying to make friends and see if it really was a good, good city for me, good place to, to live. And I spent three months and then I just decided, yes, for sure, I want to live in San Diego. Wow, a three-month vacation. So I know Americans, when we hear that, we're like, three-month vacation? How do you do that? Because we take vacation for like two days and we're like, oh. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> uh, well, I do like... 
uh, traveling, explore, and I think that I'm very brave. <laughs> and because the EST actually, the, 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 the tourist visas, uh, you have a maximum range of three months. So I say, mm -hmm. yes, I want to stay three months. I was after my graduation from college and I had all the time I was, wasn't working. So I say, yes. Yeah, and it's very normal in, in Europe and a lot of places mm -hmm. on the planet to take a long vacation, mm -hmm. right? To just yes. like one month, two months. Yeah, we yeah. don't we don't do that here. Yeah, it's very, very different. Well that's um because you guys are hard workers, right? That's <laughs> why so we make the big movies, <laughs> yes, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so what did you did you have an idea? Because now you're in like fitness, health, you mm -hmm. own a really cool gym. I think it's called Jungle Gym. Yes. Right? That's a that's a very cool name. <laughs> um did you know you were gonna do that when you moved here? Um well my occupation was always um uh, into the fitness field, fitness uh, industry as a uh, kickboxing coach and trainers in general. And another reason why I moved here, because especially in San Diego, the fitness industry is very big. We have a lot of un unconventional, you know, um, movements and people are really into uh, workout that there's completely different than other states of America. And I was looking for learn more, more and more, because uh, in my country, especially in Rome too, people are a little bit of closed mindset, and they think that they cannot learn from others. It's very, it's very weird the way that the fitness industry works in Italy, and because I'm. I'm open mind, and I like to learn more. I don't want to, you know. Uh, stop learning because I think it's very, it's important for our brain, for met new people, for trying to understand different culture and have a different opinion. And I like to learn from others, basically. And so yes, when I've been here, I say, well, I'm good in doing this and that. And this is, was always my job. So I just, you know, um, decide to start over with the same job. Uh, because it's, I'm good on it, and this is what I uh, what I am, what I'm doing of uh, my life, and I like to work out every day. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> to be in shape, and I like to, um, as I like to learn, I like to teach others, and also I'm starting. I mean, I'm always done actually. I am in a university. I'm studying sport management. Okay. So yeah, always into the sport. Yeah, what is and then what would you do with sports management like for teams or Yeah, both team um athletes in general and we stu we studying uh marketing and statistics um actually I'm now I'm I'm learning I'm studying uh, sports psychology so because it's very important for the coaches and for the athletes to try to manage like different different and difficult situations and especially when you had to uh, prepare yourself on a competition on the games you're like super um, you had to be into that you had to be in a shape you have a lot of pressures you want to win so there is a lot behind that and now I'm studying this it's not it's very interesting it's not easy because we are all human, we all make mistakes, especially on the team. You had to work with other people. It's, it's not just you. And that makes it even more difficult. So, yeah, I'm, I'm studying this now. 
and maybe in the future, like grow and from the trainer, be a manager in other gyms and to always more and more. Well, and that's very, uh, when you say working on teams, because we're all human, you know, some of that stuff is true even when you're not an athlete, like maybe someone goes to their office job, but they're on some kind of business team. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about those athletes that have really big personalities and they're hard to work with, but they're very talented. Like that happens everywhere. Have you learned about the concept? My, my friend introduced me to this. I always thought of it as being like stoic, you know, kind of like not, you don't get riled up or emotional about things. You stay very calm and cool. And mm-hmm. he, I believe, has studied some sports psychology and maybe a fair amount of it, actually. And he calls it neutral thinking. Have you seen that term at all? Uh, not specifically this term, but yes, the concept, yes. There are people that are more calm and they can manage it better the situation. And also other people that are completely opposite. So you have to understand both. And the job of the coach is that it's super difficult, especially on the team, because you have different, in front of you have different athletes with different personality and different manners and behavior, but you are one, you're just one, and you have to try to manage all of them. And this is the the very difficult part, because you don't want to argue with anyone, you don't want to make, you don't want to fight with anyone, but you want to just... be good for them and make the team good and make them win and do the best that they can. So there are no arguments. It's just very, it's like being a psychologist, you know, you always had to think <laughs> in other way and be in the other shoes, other people's shoes, you know, and try to understand what is that, what is not that. So make a plan and try to talk with them maybe singularly and then talk with them as a team. And this is the very difficult part, I think. Uh, I have a lot of experience, but it's still, it's not easy because sometimes the ego is more strong and it's, it's powerful. <laughs> so we had to calm down. And because of that, there are other um, um, co-workers. So it's not just you as a coach, but you have co-workers that maybe they, they work with you to help you to manage the team. Like we yoga, meditation, breath work, and we're all working all together because you can do the best you can, but you can not always do everything. Yeah. So what do you, uh, I like that you implement those different modalities into it. What are some tips that you have or in your experience that's helped you work with people that have just really big egos? Oh, fashions. <laughs> a lot of fashions first and then observe. You you had to see, you had to watch what is happening, different situation with the time and then figure, okay, that person is in this way. So maybe I had to change my way to talk with him or maybe um, he doesn't like that I correct him in front of others or explain him in front of others that he's making a mistake. And it's not because I'm judging him or or she or, you know, but it's just because I want him to do better than better. So some, with some people, you cannot do that. So observation and passion, I think, is the main part. 
and and then talk with them in an, in other occasions or separately, you know, one to one. And yes, <laughs> these. Yeah, because it's sometimes some of your most talented people are the ones that have the biggest the biggest personalities, mm -hmm. tough to work with. What would you do? I mean, how do you think about it when you have someone that's really, really talented on a team and they're, they're kind of negatively impacting the team and the team is like, you know, trying to do well, but you have this one person, you know, do you, do you ever try to remove them from the team? Well, depends. Yes. Um, if some um, fights or arguments are always, they happen like, constantly and there is something that you cannot do and maybe they are also working with a psychologist or another for help them to change that manners yes because if it's just a single person maybe can make can create uh, a difficult life also for the other people <laughs> on the team and you know Everybody are, impor are important, but no one isn't very uh, essential, you know. So you, especially on the team, you you have to try to manage all of them all together. If there is just a single person that is not good, mm, yes, yeah, probably it's better to remove on the team. Yeah, I I like that idea. I you know I actually I kind of forgot about this, but I coached a kids basketball team, a youth basketball team. I don't know, four years ago or something like that. And the most talented kid on the team, and they were, they're like 12, 13-ish, right around there. Super, super talented. But, and I wouldn't even say ego because he's so young, just more mm -hmm. like attitude or whatever, a little bit, I mean, at that age, but just really bad attitude. And he, he like even tried to change his uniform, like two different things just to be different and everybody. And so he like broke the uniform code, mm -hmm. Like once, I think once, I said, hey, you know, if you do it again, can't let you play. And and the whole team, you know, they're like looked up to this guy. He was the coolest. They all loved him because they're all these like young kids, you mm -hmm. know. And then he came to the next game with like his own short term and the refs, you know, because they're young kids. The refs are like, well, you know, we, we could let him play. We're not supposed to. And I said, no, mm -hmm. we already talked to him about this, you know, and put him on the bench. His mm. parents were actually not that upset. They said, cool, someone needs to like, you know, kind of be firm with them. And the kids uh, won the game. And I, I want to say for some of them, it was like their best game ever. Because had, they had to like, oh my gosh, we don't have our star player. We have to work really hard, mm -hmm. you know? And it was a really cool moment. He was obviously not very happy sitting on the bench. But the kids got so much confidence from understanding, like you said, it's not just one person that's essential it's the team that makes the, the game well the, here there is also another um, important part to consider that when when we talk about the kids you have all you also have to talk about parents ah. because the kids <laughs> are kids you know yeah. and if they have a good or bad behaviors it's because of the parents so and also it's a big responsibility for a coach or a trainer and work with kids because you always then yeah, have to talk. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it was a ton of fun doing that. And maybe some <laughs> parents, like you said, they, they were, you know, they're not wearing saying anything because that was good for them. There is somebody else that was like 
strong enough and you know um, rigid enough to manage them because they can't. Yeah. <laughs> and but in other in the other hands, there are also some parents that they don't like that. They spotted a lot of the you know the the kids, so you have to talk with them and try to make. The, it's like be. It's like they had to be into the team too. Because when the kids are at home, they had to, you know, try to manage them kids in some, some way and try to teach them that when they had to play with other, with other kids in the, in the team, they had to, you know, um, try to behave in a different way. They're, they're in a team, they're not alone, like home. And so it's very, it's very difficult. I, I work with kids uh, in my past, but then I give up because <laughs> it's very difficult, especially difficult to talk with the parents. Some of them don't like I, I, as you work. Some of them, they don't care. So you're like there and you don't know how to manage them kids. And, but I think that at least they bring them kids to do and movement and sport and something that is very, very important. And also kids change their mind so quickly. So maybe one year they're doing basketball and then the other years they're doing soccer or so whatever, they're always changing. So um, the, the parents' work is very, very important. Yeah. They have to work with kids. They have to, you know, teach them what they had to do. Because when you're kids, you cannot decide for yourself like 100%. Yeah, that's uh, one of my nephews was like begging to get into jujitsu. And he, he was probably seven or eight because his older brother was doing it. He's like, I want to go to jujitsu too. So my sister and her husband put him in jujitsu and they made like a deal, right? The deal was he had to stay in for six months or three months or whatever it was. And like a couple months into it or whatever, he just didn't want to go anymore. So he would, they're like, no, you made an agreement with us. Like you have to go. And I get pictures. He, since he had to go, he would go to jujitsu and just lay on the mat, like arms and legs all sprawled out and everything and just wouldn't do anything. He would just lay there and be like, I don't want to be here. So, I mean, they took him out and everything, but it was kind of, it's kind of funny. Like when they just don't want to go, they're, they're done and there's nothing they it's very difficult, yes. Yeah, and even if they are talented, but maybe don't want to do that sport, is way more tough, yeah. Did you play any, so you were kickboxing, did you uh, like kickbox growing up or play any sports? No, well, I've been into a lot of sports because I'm lucky that my parents, you know, always push me into those sports. They are very active too. And, but my passion is riding horses. Uh, I start going like competing with horses. I like to jump with them. And I also did dressage, but it's a little bit boring. So then I decided to stop with dress. Do you know about dressage? No, what's that? This dressage is like, it's very elegant and fancy. It's like dancing with the, with the horse. You are into, um, um, like into the S, a square with different letters. And you had to dance with the hearse, like, uh, like with the choreography, you yeah. know, it's the same, but you're on the horse and they had to respect, they had to, you know, to move the head in some way. Um, they had to go fast or slow. You had to, 
it, it's well, it's now difficult to explain, but it's, it's boring because you have a, you also have a music and you have to respect the time um, with the music and um, you know the 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 earth they want to be free. It's not like just running and go on the galop or just walking and like with jumping is is different they, they have to respect the music the time and this letter you have you know um i think it was a b c and d yes very simple every corner has a letter and you can go on a, a diagonal side or a vertical or horizontal and I don't know. I was like, no, I don't like it. It's it's too difficult. And but jumping and running is like more wild, you know. You feel like more free, and it's a little bit more dangerous. So I like to push myself and to challenge myself is a uh, more fun. Uh, but at some point, and I was competing, competing because I'm very competitive. Every sport that I did, I was always competing. And at some point, it was too expensive for my parents so I had to quit and because when you're on some level uh, some points like after competing at least 10 or more times you had to have your own horse you cannot compete with uh, the horse from the school mm. um, because there's, that horses are like so quiet and just for the kids or just for the beginners but when you want to go on an upper level you need your own and it's very, very expensive. It's not having a dog. <laughs> and, and then I changed. I did athletics. I was a runner, 100 meter runners. And that I had uh, problems on my lower back and I had to stop that too. And I f when I was 15, I started with kickboxing because I was like, no, I need a sport. I needed to move and learn something new. And I thought that kickboxing was very complete uh, type of workout that you, you can use, you know, upper body, lower body. And um, that was fun. That was really fun and help you like sometimes when you are angry or, you know, <laughs> you're nervous and stuff is very helpful. And so, so I start when I was 15. So now I'm 34. <laughs> And in the same times with the years, I also jump into the boxing because I thought like was similar and weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting. Yes, mm. I did a couple couple years and I'm a weightlifting uh, instructor too. So when I moved here in San Diego, of course, I said, no, I want to compete again. Because, you know, um, I'm working with this new coach and new uh, friends, new, that was like my family, you know, and also because, you know, you are from another country and you want to be like them. You want, you want to try to go into the same type, style of life and learn. And, um, uh, I was looking for the same respect, you know, 
And because sometimes they look at you with a different way. If you don't want to compete, you're not serious. You don't want to do. Um, and this is for lifting. Or no, for, for, kickboxing, for, kick, for kickboxing, kickboxing. Yes, okay. kickboxing. Okay. And I start to learn Muay Thai too. That is completely different. It seems like the same, but not because you can use the knee, you can use the elbows, and the clinch, and you know the the stance is different. And I compete three times, and unfortunately, then we. The pandemic came and I did that anymore. Okay, so, so you're competing right up until then. Yeah, How three many, times. You had three Muay Thai fights. Yeah. How many kickboxing fights? Ten. Ten? And one in boxing. And one boxing? Yeah, just one in boxing. And was that all, that was all in the U.S.? Or the, the kickboxing was before you moved here? Kickboxing and the single one in boxing in Rome. Okay, all Rome. Yeah, here I did it just three times in Muay Thai. How, how different... Do you feel like the the competition, I know they're different sports essentially, but do you feel like there's a different, like there are cultural differences when you're competing in Italy versus here? Mm. Uh, no, I don't, no, I don't, well, um, we are, we have more kickboxing than Muay Thai. Mm -hmm. Here is more focus on Muay, doing Muay Thai, Muay Thai and boxing. Uh, boxing is an Olympic sport, so of course in Italy too, it's very popular. And, but it's so difficult for women. Um, we don't have too many women that are competing and I want to do kickboxing. And I always, I was always doing sparring with men. That is, I mean, that's good because you can learn more <laughs> and be better, but it's tough. I mean, when, then when you're on the ring and you have to compete with the woman, it's completely different. And yeah, here is more popular Muay Thai and there are, many girls than doing Muay Thai too. Um, so this is the, just a little bit of differences uh, from here in, in Italy. Yeah. I've trained uh, Muay Thai at two places, at 10th Planet San Diego. Mm -hmm. I know 10th Planet, yeah. Okay. I compete with, uh, one time with uh, a girl from there. Oh, do you know who it was? Or? No, 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 no. It was okay. before COVID. It uh, was my last fight that I did in um, Vijayas Casino. Casino was yeah. was very fun. Wow. Good organization, cool. very fun. Okay. Yeah. That's super cool. I wonder, because I know they also have, um, they had a place called Switch Muay Thai inside mm -hmm. of the 10th Planet San Diego. It was the 10th Planet Mission or Spring Valley. Mm -hmm. But they moved too. So I went over there and trained Muay Thai for a little bit too. But that's the hardest. I've been in a fair, I've been, I've been punched a lot. <laughs> and You've like, been punched? I've been Did you punch too? Or no? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I mean, I've been in a, a lot of like, I mean, a lot of training, you know, whatever's boxing, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. The hardest I've ever been hit in my life. In fact, even with, snowboarding and knee injuries like i've torn ligaments in mm. both my knees all that stuff the most painful thing i've ever had eh, maybe it's number two i think it's number one though it was definitely the first time in my life that i got i got kicked by this heavyweight muay thai fighter in my hip mm -hmm. and it sent a signal straight up my back and my body wanted to move but my brain froze it was like I don't want to be here. This is like, wow. get out. You're in trouble. And it was weird because I was trying to fight that. You know, I've I've been in a lot of like sparring matches and stuff. And I've never, or even, uh, you know, when I was a, kind of a rough teenager, street fights or anything. And I've never had that feeling where 
my brain was kind of fighting, you know, mm -hmm. going like there's a signal coming from your body saying, this is dangerous, get out. And the brain's going like, it, it was just, it was really weird. That was the hardest I've ever been hit. Yes, yeah. kickboxing Muay Thai, uh, in my opinion, I mean, my point of view is very more dangerous and brutal, maybe MMA is brutal, but <laughs> you know, more dangerous than boxing. Boxing is more, you know, an art. There is a kind of a more respect. I feel like in kickboxing, Muay Thai, you don't want you 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 don't care about your opponent. You just want to win. Whatever's happened, happened. You like kicks very hard. That they need very, especially with the elbow. You can cut yourself mm -hmm. and hurt yourself way more easily than boxing. And so this is why maybe now I'm like really more interesting in boxing too. Is yeah. there is I, I think there is more respect in hmm. doing sparring too with your friends, with your opponent. Uh kickboxing is I mean Muay Thai is more egos probably too. There's yeah. a, there's a lot of tradition there in terms of like the celebration of yes. coming out, the shorts, like everything is very driven by this strong tradition I, I remember i was doing some private lessons with this guy named manolo mm -hmm. he's the head you know him okay yeah uh he actually just did a podcast with mm -hmm. him too so yeah i said it <laughs> yeah so he he i was doing some like private lessons with him and he taught me how to do like a spinning you know spinning back elbow spinning mm -hmm. back fist oh, yeah. and everything yeah and because it's so cool and you have a, so much power from rotation that you, oh, yeah. you feel like invincible and stronger and so this is why i think it's more brutal make you give it give you so much adrenaline <laughs> you know yeah then you want to just keep going and like, forward i remember the the first like after you taught me he's like okay now that you know how to do this like you can get some elbow pads and do this in sparring mm -hmm. and i was i got excited and he saw me get excited mm -hmm. and he's like and don't forget now that you can use elbows they can use elbows against you too. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I got to learn defense on this yes. now. Yeah, there's always two two ways to that mm -hmm. street. And there is a lot of strategy around that. A lot of strategy. Yeah. When to throw it, distance. There really is so much thinking involved with that. Mm -hmm. You know, some people look at combat sports and just think of it as like, oh, oh no. they're just in there beating each other up. But there's, it, there's yeah, so much strategy. There is execution. a big word, yeah, strategy and try to predict. Yeah. Defense is a lot, yes. Mm -hmm. Do you think you'll compete again at all in the near future? Um, not near for the future, no. I don't think so. I'm very focused now on work because, uh, well, first of all, I had to finish with my university program. There is my, uh, I'm focused on that now. It's my priority. And and then I have a lot of different projects that I want to keep doing and finish I mean, I would like to do another fight in boxing, despite in Muay Thai or kickboxing, because uh, my knee, uh, uh, last time I injured my knee very bad again. I already had a surgery back when I was in Rome, and the knee is still like weak and kicking, especially for my last fight. Now working very, very hard every day, a couple of times per day, because I was working a little bit less or I was with way more time. And so at some point my knee collapsed again and I'm working now and try to recover it. And I don't wanna fall again. It's very painful. What what <laughs> kind of a what kind of a knee injury? 
I think I tore the ligament again. Mm. I already had the surgery on my ligament, on the front one. The, the, the which one in the front? The meniscus? No, the, the LCL. The the uh, the LCL. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think something similar happened again. I don't know if it's the same ligament on another one, but it's painful. I don't think I can kick hard or uh, block, you know, the kicks. And so boxing could be a yeah. chance to compete. Yeah, because you can yeah. still move. You don't have to kick. You can still move, but I don't have to kick. I've had two major knee injuries. One was in 2013 in winter mm -hmm. and I was snowboarding in a place called Squaw Valley and I launched, it was like the first day of the season. I launched off a cliff and I was spinning through the air mm. and cracked my, my knee sideways on a tree, like hit the tree sideways. Mm -hmm. It was just, there's a lot of not smart stuff going on. Yeah. Just, and we are not young enough. We are yeah. not anymore. Not young. Well, it, it tore my, my LCL my MCL mm. and my meniscus and they were grade three. So they were completely torn. Oh, it was super painful. That's why earlier when I was like, oh, the most painful, I'm like, that might've been the most painful. Cause I remember when it was healing, mm. it would wake me up in the middle of the night. I don't like painkillers or anything like that. So I didn't take any painkillers mm -hmm. all the time. And I didn't have surgery on that. It took a little bit of rehab, but uh, there's some things I found out cause last year I tore my ACL mm -hmm. in October in jujitsu. Just being going against this guy, it's like super huge. We already did three rounds of rolling. Rolling. It yes. was an extra round. I knew I should I was just being it was it was ego. You know, I was like trying <laughs> to move him off with my leg and he fell on top of it. He was kind of a new guy, very clumsy too, you know. Like I shouldn't have been probably going that hard with him. I should have just kind of rolled with it instead of using so much resistance. So it's my own fault. It was like, oh, I can push this guy off. I'm super strong. Mm -hmm. And it tore my leg back and like ripped the ACL. And there's like some other damage in there too. But I, I didn't have surgery on that one either. And I found I found some things. I started doing research mm -hmm. on stuff like there's things called peptides. I don't know if you ever heard of those. No. So they're they're naturally occurring in the body. They do things like protein synthesis and they they they're not a pharmaceutical drug yet or they may not be because of the fact that companies can't really they can't like patent them or protect them in a way because they already are naturally occurring so they're mm -hmm. not in a place where you know you could say oh i designed these peptides so they're mine so nobody else can sell them but there are some labs that make them and so i'm out some of those did a lot of rehab and everything i mean i the expectations that the doctors and everybody had for the ACL was like when I said I didn't want to do surgery, I want to do these other things. They looked at me like I was crazy. And after a couple of months, I mean, it was much better than they thought. They're still kind of in amazement. They're like, how is it, you know, because ACL. Wow. Yeah. So I can, I'll share some of that stuff with you before you leave. Mm -hmm. It's helped me a lot with all kinds of um, ligament. And these, you know, can you do. Uh, Jiu-jitsu still? Yeah, I'm I'm set to go back next week, actually. I've been super nervous about it. I've done literally everything else, you know? I mean, I've uh, just like any kind of, they've tested my knee. They've done all these knee strains and tests. So it's been it's been long enough. It's time to go back. And the, the lady that, you know, has like worked me through all this is like, it looks fine. She's like, you're just, 
I just have to get over the like I don't want to go back and have it do it again, you know. Um, especially after well, not having good. surgery. Since you don't you don't feel pain or nothing as yeah. does it bother you? Yeah. I was. I mean. Uh, I remember the, even those stairs right there, just mm -hmm. walking up those, like when it first happened, was so hard. This is but why it, but it your quads like, are pretty strong now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Doing stairs and stairs <laughs> and stairs. Well, and that's the other thing, right? About knees in general or any kind of, um, you know, tendons, ligaments, joints. Mm -hmm. When you build, when you balance the muscles around them, it takes so much pressure off of them. I remember having patellar tendonitis when I was like 20, 21 years old from playing a lot of basketball. And as soon as I worked on my hamstrings a lot, that went away. Yeah, yeah. Make your legs, I mean, no, sorry. I mean, the muscles strong enough to protect your joints and ligaments and to support mm -hmm. the joints is very important. But it's also a long process. Because I remember after my first surgery, because, you know, at least you had to stay um, after the surgery in one month or something more without doing anything, maybe just isometric and try to bend and move your legs, the knee again. Um, you had to, to, to wait for the healing and you have a scar to, to manage to protect. And I was like um, having a massage and cream. <laughs> <laughs> And the muscle, you're losing, the, in that time, you lose, you start to lose your muscle because you're not even walking, so you're not putting on your weight on it, you're not using your legs, so you're losing a lot of muscles. And a start over again is like starting as a kid, you know, as... Do you, now do you think, because here's something I've been, you know, doctors would say bad about, like, see that thing over there? I got that to help with the knee rehab. Mm -hmm. Um you can see I have a lot of, I had a few surgeries, like broken uh -huh. in there, middle rod. They always told me that to wait and rest. And I was just really stubborn. Mm -hmm. So like even after that surgery on my hand, I was in the gym like a few days later, lifting weights with the cast on and everything. And I have, I haven't, it's been a while since I studied any like sports physiology or anything, but I remember walking out of like class from both personal experience and from having injuries Remembering the only time I ever let something rest for a long time was this uh, leg sprain that I had. I was hanging on a basketball rim. I let go of it, landed on someone and rolled my ankle, but it was really bad. It was sprained from my ankle all the way up to like pretty much my knee. Mm -hmm. And that was the, the one time I did like just rest. And I, I was like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. And I let it sit for like a month. What well, was really hard to get that thing back together and working versus my other injuries I, I didn't go really hard on everything in terms of exercise, but I was pushing myself and I felt like it helped me heal faster. Better. Like new blood was getting there. It wasn't, you know, atrophying, those types of things. How do you, I mean. Well, I also, I think it depends on the severity of the uh, injuries and the surgery. Maybe there are like big surgery, like has a knee that is different on fingers on a head. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I am. I agree with you. Uh, the more you move, I'm. I'm not saying like immediately after, uh, because maybe your scar is still open. You need the eyes. It's still swollen, mm -hmm. and you need the rest a little bit. Uh, but yes, like the isometric exercise. I don't want to say movement because you actually don't. You're not moving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But the isometric is, is very important because you're not moving, but you're still engaging the muscles. Mm. And so you're uh, giving an input uh, on your nervous system that is something that you can, you know, do. You, the, the, the muscle is there. It is, it's not dead, you know, because it's, everything is about nervous system. Our brain, I mean, we feel um, pain because of our brain. We exercise, we can, you can, you know, uh, flex the muscle or move because it's our brains and the nervous system. So after the surgery, they might, yes, they, in, in the knee case, yes, they're working on the ligament, but they also damage the nervous system that, that moment mm. because they cut the skin and we have nervous system on the skin. Otherwise, we cannot be sensitive. Um, so there is a lot after the surgery and you had to recalibrate your nervous system. You had to teach him. It's him. <laughs> you had to teach <laughs> that um, your muscles is still there and you had to move again. And um, you had to teach how to walk, how to run. It's, it's crazy, but it's just like that because there, there was a big damage. And you, start, you had to start over like a teacher kids how to walk. They, they don't know. And it's the same after the surgery. So probably about hands of fingers is a little bit easier because it's the smallest muscle, small part of the body, the spine and leg or a shoulder. So, yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. How, you know, muscle imbalances, you're talking about the nervous system. It makes me think a lot, even just brushing our teeth, right? Mm -hmm. If we brush our teeth with the same hand every day, we're, we're actually creating a muscle imbalance. Mm -hmm. How, do you have any tips or ideas or what do you think about like how to train you know for more symmetry in your body uh always in asymmetry mm -hmm. so um it's funny that you mentioned brush your teeth because i used to brush my teeth with my i'm right-handed but sometimes i'm doing a lot of stuff with my left like brush your teeth mm -hmm. yes for teach the <laughs> brain that i can coordinate and do the same things even the other side uh, it's very important because also I think maybe one time, one day you can injure your good side, your good arm, and you need the other one, and you have to do everything with the other one. So you you need to know how to use your left side if you're right hand. And so I'm used and I'm used to work in asymmetric. Uh, let's say for example the deadlift, the basic movement. Um, doing with kettlebells on dumbbells just on one leg or uh, if I want to use the barbell maybe increase the weight just on one side so I had to balance my opposite side of my brain that has to teach okay there is more weight just on one side so let's try to recalibrate and it's a lot of core work too because you need a more balance and more strength just on one side and I'm trying to teach this also on my clients and um, even when I'm, when I'm um, teaching kickboxing or when I'm doing kickboxing for myself or boxing for myself, I'm working on both of the, both of the sides always. Now I'm working on southpaw because of, you know, the posture is very important. My left side is so higher than the right side because, mm -hmm. you know, always yeah, on the same right. position, yes. Yeah. And this is make my life and my daily movement unbalanced. And I have my hip is completely unbalanced. One leg is longer than another. You know, it's crazy. And we are, 
big now we are so adult that it's way more difficult to balance our body um so yes i i do like to to work on isometric and i think it's important is important uh, to have both our sides on the same almost the same strength and there's a, a chiropractor I go to here. I mean, she has a lot of names. She's like a craniosacral. She does a lot of natural medicine. But at the end of the day, it's like that's the easiest way to think to describe her is to say chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she she's actually, she's incredible. Her name's Dr. Rachel Hamill. Uh, she was in PV, but she just had a, got a new office. And she's got it now to where most of the time, my legs were always like one was longer than the other, which I guess is normal for most people. Yes, because we have unbalance on the hip. It's not really because one leg is longer or shorter than the other. It's just unbalance. She's got got them normal to where they're even. Mm -hmm. And it really, when I can tell when when the hips, like you said, the hips are out and then I go in there and then I'm, I'm walking what is actually straight afterwards. And this is probably it was weird, right? It's it feels weird. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is what normal feels like. So I go one time it was a, a weekend and I was having a lot of tension in my shoulder. I'm like, man, I'm just gonna go find a chiropractor to like, you know, pop something, crack it, open it up. So I go to this other chiropractor that I found on a Saturday afternoon, and he was measuring my legs and he said, Huh. And I was like, What? You know, he's like, Well, this is really weird. And I was like, What's weird? He's like, Well, your legs are even. And he was surprised that my legs were even because most of us walk around like really unbalanced mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a way, since it's hips, is there a way to help correct that with exercise or do you think chiropractic is a really good solution for that? Well, I think we can work, both can work pretty good. Um, I used to do, because my brother is a physiotherapist and I used to do at least one time per per a week um, postural training like breathing postural training uh, and it's uh, it's very painful um, at least at the beginning because you had to set your body in different way that is weird because you think you are straight but we, you're not straight and so like doing forcing a little bit my body to do stretching um, but it's passive. There is somebody else that help you. You don't have to engage any muscles. There is somebody else that help you to stretch and even like using the wall and try to use your breath. And this helped me a lot. And especially because that works also on your fascia system, your connective tissues. Because if the connective tissue is relaxed, is because you know we have a different la- layer of the skin we, we just you we don't have just a skin and then muscles we have different layers if their layers are all together attached together they cannot move smoothly they need a little bit you know a space in between like you know <laughs> and when we are tight and we don't used to do stretching or yoga or a breath works is everything is more tension everything has a more tension so if we are more relaxed and the the, the muscle on the skin is like long and soft we also can have more power more strength in our workout and i was actually feel great i was like my hip was even my legs too was like better <laughs> so i could work better work better i could work out better because you're not compensating 
you can you can use with the same power both of your sides mm. which doesn't happen when you are strongest on the other side or there is a, a leg that's longest so all the weights go on the on one side and if you are like even and in your muscle relax you can stretch your tes um, cognitive tissues everything work better everything's work in synergy or together we used to Mm, just lifting, lifting weights all the time without the stretching or without the yoga or breathe or just like combat sports. And in, and especially in the combat sports, you always have impact, impact, impact. It's a lot of stress for our body. But massage and chiropractics and postural training, stretching helps a lot in having a better performance. Yeah, you have me thinking because you're talking about the nervous system too and the way you're talking about the imbalance. It's it sounds like, you know, really your your whole system is using more energy to to have that imbalance. Like you have to use extra energy to put the weight on one leg and one side maybe is not activating or being used at all. So that is that is really interesting yeah it's like being okay one side is laser <laughs> and the other side is doing all the work mm -hmm. and the the, the good the good things that um that i'm here now in san diego is i'm learning a lot of from stem fitness and the visual training because they say we see we have the eyes for what for see but we see we actually see with our, our brain because there is as nervous system is uh, directly connect with our eyes otherwise we cannot it's like if you want to close your eyes it's very difficult being balanced on one foot for example <laughs> right or move in a space without uh, having eyes is very difficult so it's the main part and we always use our eyes all the time all the time and because my and our right size of the brain um works with the left side of our body and vice versa is the same for the eyes. So working on the eyes make is a very, very huge topic, hmm. but it's so interesting. It's so powerful that I think everybody should learn from, from them and from this little, little things, but it's big. Um, because for example, I, I have glasses, um, hmm. I cannot, since I was, <laughs> I've been like that since I was younger, um, always use the glasses and my right uh, eye is very, very lazy. I can see way less than the, the, the left one. And this is affect my left side of my, you know, body and brain. And if I'm working with my eyes and then train them because they actually have muscle because for move your, you know, <laughs> your eyes they have muscles otherwise they can they cannot move it's crazy because we are all muscles or nervous system and so if we start to train the eyes too we can have a huge difference we can be way 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 better in moving our body and this is crazy it's so interesting well, I, so I have one, one of my eyes the same way. I think it's my, my left one. I haven't really thought about it in a while. And I noticed there were periods of time where when I was doing a lot of computer work, like I used to play a lot of basketball mm -hmm. and you're constantly tracking the basketball, right? It's, you throw it down the core. It's, you have something coming at you from different distances. And there was a period of time where I stopped playing basketball and I was doing a lot of computer work 
And I realized that street signs were a little bit harder for me to see. So I start reading this research and it talks about things. One is that there's actually some really cool new research on certain types of supplements that can help with macular degeneration and help bring eyesight, uh, make it healthy again. And the second thing was about doing things like going and we're really fortunate. We live near the ocean. You can actually just go to the beach and stare off into the distance of the ocean. And it's like exercise for your eyes. So you can build the strength from looking at really long distances. And I found that when I went back to playing basketball, my eyesight on the one side started getting better. I, I also thought about wearing an eye patch. They say, you mm -hmm. know, wear an eye patch yes. on your stronger yes. eye. No, yeah. no lights and like one eye so you can, yeah. Because when ever... you have one that is lazy, the other one is always helping. So the lazy one, stay lazy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sounds like some, it's, it's some like, part of I don't our society. To... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's terrible that I said that, but, um, well, that's okay. Uh, do you train people like that? Like eyesight training with your training? Yeah. Um, cause I'm work, I'm learning from, uh, Christopher Daly. Um, and sometimes, yes, I'm also, um, now doing, uh, the trust, the process that is uh, a program that they launched, uh, I think three or four weeks ago already. And um, it's helped for myself a lot. And of course, I'm, you know, teaching for my, my clients and, and I'm testing them too. And it's always working because you have immediately good feedback. Mm. Like with 20 seconds, you have it's actually immediately feedback from training your eyes. And yeah, so I also have... Um, a client that has a problem on uh, one eyes and um, so with with her especially with her I'm working a lot and is uh, they're always happy because they can see the results is you have immediate results so um, and it's like having a different type of warm-up and then just go and working out and you can feel better the exercise can feel like easier to do uh, you have more power uh, it depends of, um, there are so many different exercises, depending what you have to do or what you need. Um, but what's, yes, there is also the immediate. What's an example of like one type of eye exercise that you would do? Uh, for, for example, the one that I like, you just need the pencil. Um, keep, look, keep looking on the pencil and go like near and far with the pencil. Or in my cases that I'm working a lot of this, like cover my lazy eye, and, sorry, cover my good eyes and working on my lazy eye. Mm -hmm. And this gave me immediately like more accuracy, um, more response on the, um, the exercise that I want to do or more strength. And yeah, this, this is simple, but it's effective, like 100%. Well, if anybody sees me running around town with an eye patch on, you know what I'm doing. I'm not a pirate. I'm training yeah, eye. yeah, but you should do that. It's scary. <laughs> you know, no, it's yeah, maybe when if you are home and you want to work on your, you know, eye. It's pretty it's cool. Working, yeah. What kind of so what kind of client? So you so jungle gym. 
Mm-hmm. And how long have you had your your gym? One now? year. One year. One year. That's cool. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, Great time you. to start. <laughs> thank I've seen you. some pretty cool videos. It looks like it's yeah. like in a I mean that's the cool thing about Southern California and San Diego. It's is it, it's outside, right? Yes, it's in my yard. It's in your yard. <laughs> it's <laughs> outside. And I actually start way um a week before the pandemic. Just in time. <laughs> Just in perfect timing. <laughs> I mean, that's that probably was perfect timing in terms of like equipment and people. Yeah, I have you know, a lot of stuff, uh, especially Wack Metal. Yeah, I used to work on Wack Metal Lab and I learned a lot from David Wack. And so I'm, you know, I'm using a lot of um, equipment from them and knowledge from them and from others. And I like to share with other people. Okay. And wh- what is it, David Wick? David Weck. How do you how do you spell his last name? W E C K. Okay. I haven't heard of him. That sounds cool. Yes. Okay. Yes, he's based in downtown. Hmm. And yes, I have a lot of equipment. Do you know the Bosu Ball? The famous Bosu Alpha Ball. He's yeah. the inventor of the Bosu Ball. Ah. And I have a lot of equipment from them. And uh, it's another big deal. It's another big um, knowledge, and that I can, that I'm uh, using with my my clients for make them better. Yeah, and what so what kind of clients do you normally work with? Uh, well, different type of clients. So it depends because I'm teaching private, like like private session, one to one, or I have also classes. So I'm teaching boxing on my gym, and. Um, I have uh, a client, she's into lifting. She, she, she really likes to lift weight. Um, other uh, clients are kids. Uh, with, I have parents over too. Mm. I don't want to say alone with kids. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm working on the posture. Some of them, they need the more strength because of COVID. They're always, you know, home, sit on a chair. The school is online. So they have a very bad posture and they need to build strength because they're always on the phone or play video games and stuff. So um, I'm helping them with with this. And um, I have another client of mine. He's a very, very hard worker. And so he needs to, you know, be focused on something else, let's say that. And he want to uh, build the muscles too. I'm working a lot with people that I want to you know, um, they want to do like, I don't want to say like bodybuilding, but weightlifting. Yes, weightlifting. Okay. And, and a couple of girls didn't want to lose weight. So, yeah. There's a, uh, there's a cool place down the street here called Osteo Strong. Are you familiar with it? So they, they primarily work with folks that are older, you know, 60 plus, 50 plus, because it's like for you know, osteo meaning bone for the mm-hmm. uh, bone strength. Yes. I, I went over there because a friend recommended that she's like, they work with athletes and stuff too. It was a really cool, I don't know that it makes sense for me to do all the time because it, unless I wanted to measure progress or something, um, but it's the, the concept of like max pressure and how that stimulates bone growth. And they have these really cool, it's only four machines, I think. Uh, like a push machine, a pull machine, a leg machine, and like a postural analysis too. Mm-hmm. But they measure, you know, what your, 
how much you can push, pull, and everything with your max body weight. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really cool machines. You might you might just check it out for yes for fun. But um, I was surprised. Like they can actually improve your your posture quite a deal, and it's fifteen minutes, like once a week, is all they recommend. Oh, okay. Yeah, super interesting. Fast. Yeah. Yeah, check it out. I used to work with, you know, body weights, um, our, like, movement that we do every day, mm-hmm. like lifting stuff on the ground, moving, you know. Uh, so there should be, like, the uh, deadlift or squat and the basic one because I think you need to have a base with this movement for then like uh, grow and build other complex movement. But if you don't have, because everything starts from, you know, lifting something from the ground and you have that good posture, strength on your core and your lower back muscles, otherwise going to injure yourself. So yeah, now you see with, especially with social media, I mean, there's, there's so many different ways that people are being fit or building strength, you know, there's uh, functional fitness seems like a really popular term. And I, I see guys lifting those Atlas stones or whatever, those mm. giant rocks, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, there's so many different things. Do you, do you find that the, so it sounds like you're doing like Olympic style training with some of them with weightlifting. What do you think I about? I lift the stone. It's pretty difficult. You lift the stone. <laughs> yes. How how much does that thing weigh? Uh, was one one. Uh, yes, my maximum was one hundred and fifty. Wow. Yeah, maximum weigh maximum. Yes. And yeah, even there, you need a, a good breathing, uh, good posture. You you need to know which muscle you had to engage because otherwise you're pulling everything up from your spine. And so. Yeah, you cannot. Is this my? In my opinion, you cannot start as a beginner to lift your stone. You need basic uh, deadlift movement and yeah. core training, uh, strength on your core and for lift. This is why I don't really like, even if I try um, sometimes like CrossFit, because people, because they combine all different sports all together. And some people are very excited about CrossFit, even if they never been at the gym before. And they want to start with CrossFit because they see the results. They have, you know, people have big, huge muscles. They are super in shape. And but I'm, I disagree with that because you need to know a single sport. You 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 need to know how to do deadlift, how to do squats, how to do a, a, a press, how to do the bench press. Otherwise, how you can do a snatch or clean and jerk. Well, it seems uh, like a lot of people get injured going in there too, right? Yes. Yeah. Because they see the athletes, but they're passionate. They're athletes because they they want to compete. Uh, they're into the sports maybe for several years. And, and they have a plan. The CrossFit has a plan. There is... Uh, sometimes they, 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 a, t- a day they work just on g- gymnastic, so it, which is maybe just body weight. One day it's just Olympic weightlifting. But you need to start to to have a uh, a trainer or someone that teach you a weightlifting. So when you, when you are in a CrossFit class, they are not looking at you all the time. They are not correcting you all the time. The people just wanna increase the weight, increase the weight to be strong and better than the others. But 
they are going just to injure themselves. Yeah, and then you build bad habits that are harder.、Yeah. They can create those imbalances, and they're harder to come back to later. How important is injury prevention in your training? Uh, it is, and I'm trying to avoid injuries. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know,、um, this is why I'm. I'm teaching very basic with passions. I'm trying to say them. Try to breathe correctly, and、uh, be patient too. Even if you if you cannot see the results now, but go step by step because you don't want to injure yourself. You don't want to stop then your training. Um, but is this is very difficult? It's very difficult because people want immediate results,、mm. and by my case, I like to teach different way, how to do this, make the same movement but with different equipment, different way.、Um, maybe one time, one day just body weights, and one time we can use like a mace, for example,、mm-hmm. or the kettlebells. Which is interesting because it's so new tools, so new equipment that people say, "Oh wow, this is cool! Yeah, let me try.、Uh, let me use this one."、Uh, despite just always barbell or dumbbells, maybe people are like, you know, burning. Is this burning, or they are exhausted to use or, or to see always the same things? As it's interesting to use hydrocore, and that is cool because make you unbalanced because there is a water inside. And but it's super safe. It's a safe tool that you use can use everywhere and every time.、Um, so I think that you if, if you know the coaches or the training start to learn by themselves that there are some different way to teach and、uh, to approach the people and the sports and and fitness and different modality. I think is would be. Great, is is huge for the world. It's a huge things, yeah. Well, I think the average person that doesn't have a lot of experience, even people that、um, do have a lot of experience in the gym or training, like the first time I saw the hydrocore, I was like, "That's cool," but、mm-hmm. like, I kind of it was very helpful to have. I'm not a person that will really go like start watching YouTube videos and learn on my own. Like, I need someone to teach me、yes. and be there because I'm just gonna have more fun. It's, it's fun, yeah. It's most people, right? So that's cool that you introduce that, like things like the mace.、Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you actually know the guys <laughs> that got me into the mace. I started having so much fun with that. And what I found is it's not just about the exercise of the muscles, but since we're talking about the nervous system. It makes my brain start working differently,、mm-hmm. which I actually feels it has a lot more benefits in the workout too. Sometimes than just I mean, I, I don't get me wrong, I love going and lifting heavy weights and things like that. But grabbing the ten pound mace and swinging it around at the beach、um, feels like it does a lot for every part of my body. Yes, because you had to manage how to move the mace. That is the same weight, even if you're non-dominant side. <laughs> you know that is. Way difficult, and coordinate, and copy. You no, know? the brain copy a little bit from the your dominant side or from your non-dominant side.、Mm. So you had to calibrate and do the same exact movement of both of your sides. It's a lot of coordination, mobility, and it's a good conditioning workout. And it's ten pounds. It's like oh well, it's super. Light and easy, but it's not because you're com- you're constant constantly moving, 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 and not stop. And if you make a mistake, well, the mace can drop on your head or you know on your feet. So, 
uh, you had to be really focused and it's a lot of rotational movement, which is very, very important for our body and brain. And because as we said before, people like want to do always lifting weights and you're just bracing your core and it's not, it's not functional it's not mm, something that our bodies make for, you know, we have to move in different way. We're not, even when we walk, we are not, we, we, we are not um, bracing our core. We have to be, you know, smooth and we are in a symmetric position because there is one foot in front of the other. You're not, you know, walking with the feet <laughs> parallel, you know? So why bracing our core all the time, just lifting weights in a vertical position? Mm. That is crazy. Rotational movement is power. When we do kickboxing, boxing, sportal combat, uh, baseball, uh, any sport, there is rotational movement. We're not bracing our core. So why we keep doing that in the gym? Why trainers keep teaching that? It's crazy. And that's, that's one of those things that really helps with injury prevention is having a super strong core. Is there, is there one exercise that is or movement that is your absolute favorite more than anything else for like complete core strength? Are we any those or are you talking about maze? Just any, anything. Yeah. Um, well, I'm enjoying now the 360 with the maze. Okay. Uh, but I do like a lot of kettlebells. Yes, I like kettlebells, um, juggling with the kettlebells, um, make a different flow. Um, but some things for prevent injuries, just for prevent injuries, uh, I think that the core training is very important and uh, how to manage uh, the breathing coordinated with movement. Because some people, they don't know how to breathe and they actually lose strength hmm. because when you exhale and you're like in your centric, um, you're engaging the muscles, like for the squat, for example, if you're breathing out, if you're exhaling that you're in actually in a squat position, you cannot, you're losing the, 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 um, the tight tension of your core because you're, you're breathing out, you're relaxing completely. Hmm. So how you can stand up then if you, also have a weight on your back. So this is, I think breathing for prevent injuries is huge. Yes. Hmm. But then there are other mm, technique and exercises like do a lot of mobility for the hip as a warm up, mobility for the shoulder. Um, there are some exercises that I'm actually putting in my program because I want to now, I'm doing a program for boxing, like using kettlebells and so make the shoulders uh, way more strong and stable because the main injuries in boxing is, you know, this, the dislocation of the shoulders. So um, how to uh, manage your um, um, shoulder mobility, uh, how to correct the movement, how to prevent sometimes on, um, the, um, dangerous movements, how to, um, you know, use the scapula, so drop the scapula down because you had to engage your lat for make your shoulders safe, how you can control the balance if you have heavy weight on your hands. Uh, I was thinking about the snatch, for example, the press, that you have all the vertical weights 
you know, if you have a kettlebells and dumbbells on your hands, you have all the weights pushing down on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. So you have to control the weights. And so this is very, the mobility, the breathing, uh, working, as I said before, on the co connective tissues, on the fascia system, can prevent injuries. Yes, for sure. Yeah, and you mentioned that earlier with the fascia. Like, I, you know, when you think of somebody getting a knot in their back or just a knot in their muscle, um, so that's really just that fascia building up and becoming hard. And that can happen pretty much anywhere, it seems like, with the layer of muscle. Mm -hmm. Do you think exercise just general exercise, like heavy weightlifting, can helps keep that fascia broken up? A little bit if you're not doing anything else. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. Yeah, because uh, I have become a really big fan of like athletic sports, uh, like massage and, you know, going to one of those crazy people that's like punching you in the back and like getting the really big stuff out because it, it loosens you up so much. I mean, it's, uh, we don't live, for the most part, you know, lifestyles that we lived even that long ago in terms of how much we sit, how much our our heads are poked down at our phones or, mm -hmm. or what we eat. Um, do you think it's okay to train? You know, there's this concept of overtraining, but there are athletes, obviously they're doing a lot of extra things like great nutrition, sleep, they have all these recovery things. Do you think it's okay for the average person to do some kind of training every day? Um, no, if you're not an athlete, it's not necessary working out every day. As no, I believe that um, there is a time for working out, even hard, and a time where you need rest, you need a recovery. Uh, there are so many different ways for recovery. There should be a massage or a stretching, yoga, uh, the high bath is very interesting type of recovery too. Uh, but I think that um, a normal people that they wanna <laughs> work out or uh, lose weight uh, or even like build muscles, it requires time as everything. It requires passion, consistency, time. And, uh, but you, you don't need to work out every day because then uh, your body, every time we, we work out, even if we enjoy it, even if it's just a run, is a type of stress for our body. It's a stress. Mm. Um, so average people doesn't need a workout every day. Um, three times per day is minimum, it's okay. Four maybe, but then the rest of it has to be rest. But also a concept of rest, it depends what it means rest. The rest is not like, okay, today is my rest day. I'm going to eat everything I want. <laughs> I will be on the couch. I'm not doing anything because my coach says my rest day. Mm. It's not like that. Even like change the activity, like go for a walk or hiking or meditate or do yoga. It's still a rest, but it is different activity than just lifting weights and stress the brain and the body so hardly. Um, so yes, I mean. It's like active rest. Yeah, a little bit active rest, yes, for yeah. sure. Because yes, as you say, the athletes has a team around them. They have the best recovery, uh, they have a physiotherapist, it's, muscle, they make, it's them job. Mm -hmm. They make money with that, so of course, even if they need a uh, surgery, 
they have all the you know people around the, the team and equipments for uh, recovery fast and is it's not easy because it's not easy to be an athlete but it's easier for them to recover and for a normal no a normal uh, people, guy, woman, man, that they have to maybe has a family and then they have to go to work for make money. Um, you know, you you need to prevent injury, injury, and you need to rest to prevent like that, like stay, stop everything and stop in your life because you cannot work because you injure your knee or uh, because you drop a barbell on your back. Anything you know that prevents your uh, from injury and prevent um, you stop you being into your life or with your family with your kids is is huge. I mean, they they don't need it to working out every day because the muscle need to recover from the dumps and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. How much do you believe the fitness community in San Diego has influenced and supported and, and helped you with your quest? Oh, this is interesting question. <laughs> uh, ask me again in a simple way. Yeah, I mean, so one of the things you mentioned earlier was, mm -hmm. you know, being here. And I did something, I didn't come for three months, but once I visited, I was like, okay, I need to go back and make sure I like this place because it seemed like mm -hmm. I fell in love with it. And I mean, there are certain places where it really matters who you're around. And so we have really great people here. I mean, you know, Mauricio mm -hmm. and uh, just the fitness community in general. How much has that helped you maybe accelerate in your learning and business? Mm. Well, in, in learning a lot, um, but it, it was always because I was there to ask or be interesting in learning and try to be there and watch and see and participate at the events. So it's always has to start from you. Because if you're waiting for the others, I don't think it's in any part of the world that is the same. Um, you have to to be focused on what is what are your goals, and just keep going and go forward. So I think I, I think I had a lot from San Diego for sure from the people here. Um, but that was because of me. I was there and, you know, uh, ask questions. And then, of course, they helped me because they like it. If I mean, if the people come to you and they're super passionate and happy and excited to learn from you and you're a smart person, you're not like a type of person that I want to keep everything with you. You're also passionate and excited to teach and this is, I see that this is very easier in the fitness industry. We, we do like share and teach others. So it's also easier to go on the trainer, on the coach or somebody else and ask, can, can you please show me this one? Then there's, there are people that don't do this type of stuff for free. Mm -hmm. I'm honest. I'm not, I know. Um, so it depends. But if a you know coworker and you can share, um, both of the sides can share something. Is is easy? Is easy and yeah, I, I learn a lot from San Diego. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, we live in a place where 
we can have an outdoor gym yeah. all year long, right? That's yeah. so cool. Well, uh, that's pretty much, do you have anything that you feel extra compelled to, to share or talk about? Um, well, uh, I think we talk about almost everything, <laughs> everything. Well, there is, there is one thing maybe, but it's not really uh, uh, easier. That, that I, but I would like to share um, because I think it's important. Um, that wasn't easy for me moving here. Mm. In my brain, it was easy. <laughs> you mm. know, in theory, it was easy. But in practice, I had a lot of trouble um, when I moved here. Because there are also bad people. <laughs> and but I don't want to talk about this. I wanna I wanna say that even if there are uh, obstacles on your way, um, there are bad people that stolen your money because it was a, a scam and stuff, mm. you know, and maybe you had to sleep in a car or be around in friends houses and stuff and you feel like really vulnerable it's not the end you just had to you know um keep going and uh, believe in yourself and believe in what you want to do and um don't quit i mean the main part that is also important in sports and in training is don't quit because you know who you are and if you have a goal, a dream, or whatever, just go. Because no one can judge or stop you. I mean, after three years, even if I travel a lot, I have my own place, which is it's not easy in San Diego. So it's very expensive. <laughs> it's way, way more expensive now, but I, I did. I mean, I have my own place. I have my own gym, my own stuff. And uh, I realized my first dream to move here of course, now I have others. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that it's not it's not easy. Some people are really, really scared to change in them change them life. Um, but it's, it's it's scary. But I think everybody can do whatever they want to do. Yeah, it's usually that that fear. Once. Yeah, fear of the future. Fear. Of, uh, which others they want to say, or, oh my gosh, is my, now if I'm doing that, what's, what con will be happening, you know? Uh, but we have to live in the present. Uh, it's difficult for me too. I, I mean, <laughs> it's very difficult for me too, but something that I understand and learn is that we have to live in the present. We cannot know the future, and we have to put back our past. And... So whatever tools, information, and knowledge we have now in the present, we can work for our future, but we cannot know the future. It's, we are our future. So just do it. <laughs> That's amazing. Is there a saying in Italian for that? Like a phrase? Um, you want me to say in Italiano? Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we say... What is it? That one that was in my mind I was not really nice ways let me think about quello che il cuore ti dice la mente ti dice non guardare indietro il giudizio degli altri ma sei 
tu, solo tu, e devi uh, guardare in faccia te stesso e competere con te stesso, non con gli altri. That which is, just means you have to compete with yourself, not with other people. It's just you in this moment. And whatever people are around you, they have to give you something more and better. They, they have... They, they have to help you to grow and with love, not because they want something back from you. And if it's not that, if it's not going to happen, or if that, pe that person don't want to help you to grow, just leave. It's, it's not for you. You don't have to quit. You don't have to you know, do less because of that person. And, and sometimes no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was really that was neat. I uh, that was longer than I thought it was. Being like, all right, she's still going. That's cool. In terms of that's a really beautiful saying, though, because sometimes those people can be uh, family or really mm. close friends or a wife or a husband, and it they is, have excuses. Yeah, it's really painful, right, to leave those things behind. Um, not everybody you know, feels like they're strong enough to do that or, or believe it's right. Even we have these things. I heard this saying a while ago that I really like, and it is tradition is peer pressure from dead people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause you have to evolve. You cannot think about where we are, where, you know, two, 20, 30, 40 years ago, we're different. We are living in a different society and we cannot act like my grandmothers, you know, and I understand that people are touching the family, especially the parents, but they live them life already. Mm. And this is your moment, this is your life. You're still there for them. They are still here for you, but you, you need to live your life. It's not them life. And so don't waste time. It's my big deal is like, no waste your time is the life is so short we need to do so many things even like help people uh, oh yeah one thing that i want to add is i'm working on downtown and uh, abc young foundation is a non-profit gym so doing boxing and education for kids and people that are like poor or we help them to stay out on the street and drugs and uh, fighting and stuff and i'm working with them for them almost every day and i i'm i'm glad to be with them now uh, be part of the community and family they're great and they we're doing so much for them and i think we we are here in this world for help others but we cannot you know it's our time it's our moment is helping doesn't mean you have to stop yourself or your dreams or we always there for people but we don't need to ask anything back if somebody i think really loves you and cares about you they would want you to go and do the thing you feel like you're supposed to do or help you or support you exactly you know, it's when when somebody wants to hold you back that is more selfish mm -hmm. yes really really selfish i think love equal freedom that doesn't mean cheat doesn't mean joking with the others um but just free support completely support of course there are 
you know, differences between, um, uh, you don't have to be, to agree on everything, but it's support and understanding, just understand your point of view. And of course you want the others understand your point of view and try to grow and go forwards together. Otherwise, yes, I don't, I don't think it's love. I like that. Grow and go forward. Mm-hmm. Well, how about this? Do you have a, how can people find you, find you? I know you got a cool Instagram. I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, Facebook, Instagram, yes. Uh, my Instagram is fpetrolo87, P-E-T-R-O-L-O, it's like my last name. And I have my, uh, my website, uh, francescapitti.com. And on there, I have everything. There is also my shop. I'm, you know, selling uh, sports stuff. And when I'm organizing events, there are flyers there as an organizing event because sometimes teaching uh, with another partner, uh, self-defense for women. I really like this idea, especially here in America. It's, uh, it's dangerous for women. Um, <clears throat> and who do yeah. You, who do you teach that with? I'm with Chuck, sorry, I don't remember the last name. He's okay. training jujitsu on Clark Grace Academy. Ah. And he's a nurse. And he's more into jujitsu than me. I'm more in stand position, you know, stand part of the. It's not a fighting because it's not about fighting for self defense. Mm. It's about um, reaction, it's about no freezing, like do something, um, helps yourself to get out of that situation. It's not fighting, you know. Um, so we practice a lot together. Uh, you already did, um, with him two classes already. And sometime I'm teaching on, uh, Italian group because I'm also, there is a uh, Facebook Italian group and I'm teaching that uh, to them or women. So I did this too. And we are organizing for next month. Um, yeah, we are looking to do at least once per month and try to bring more and more people into jiu-jitsu, into uh, sport, combat sports, because, of course, one session every month is not enough for being, you know, uh, Bruce Lee or whatever. <laughs> you need to practice, 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 yeah. yeah. Women, you know, some, a lot of women freeze. The, f- the fear is, is, is different, difficult to manage a fear. You, can, you don't know how you can react in different situations, and it's scary because you feel unvulnerable. I tell a lot of my female friends or nieces, family, everybody, the women, um, to just go spend six weeks, like even just six weeks straight of jujitsu, go Mm -hmm. three, four times a week. And just that experience, I think, helps with that fear. When you get put in really uncomfortable or challenging situations... I'm going to stop and let that go by, I think. And edit that part. <laughs> I tried to do a whole thing without editing, but uh, I usually don't like to edit. <laughs> um, but uh, when you get put in that situation, like with jujitsu, and it, it's also because well, some people don't realize is like, you know, size does kind of matter sometimes, like when it's a massive size difference. Mm-hmm. But what you can do in jujitsu, if you are a petite, small person, or even if you don't have a lot of muscle you can learn certain things that can leverage yeah always look yeah everybody save your life yes save the life of someone else help by time and it doesn't 
you don't have to be in there for 10 years. It just obviously once a month is, you know, better than nothing. But like you said, even a couple of times, but just do it for like six weeks. Yeah, even just basic, basic, simple movements, but you need to be, you know, to repeat, 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 always the same movement for be confident and for react faster, mm-hmm. just, you know, in the situation that you need, because it's very uncomfortable situation that we are not there all the time, every day. It's just happen maybe one night on the street, you're working by yourself and someone want to attack you, you what you want to do, you know? And, but if you can react because your brain is ready, is already, you know, no, it's, it's kind of like kind of when you do boxing and kickboxing and you're on the ring and you have to fight, you know, it's repetition and is automatic. And the same things has to be for self-defense. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for coming by. This is Thank super you. fun. I think your English is amazing, by the way. I think it's better than my English oh, sometimes. Thank so. you. I know you're lying, but thanks. <laughs> no, it's really cool. I live. I lived in Brazil for a while. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, because I was speaking Portuguese so much while I was there, I found that I was very patient when I was speaking English. And it was making, I think it made my language, English language, very, very strong because my Portuguese was very basic. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking in English in the same way. And now that I've been back for a while, all these little things have crept into my language, little ums and likes and all this extra stuff. But if I could get rid of that and go back to the like very strong. You can practice here. There are a lot of Brazilian, way more than Italian here. Yeah. Is Is there a lot of Italians or no? I think Brazilian with more oh, more absolutely. community. Yes, I'm trying. I'm actually don't really know because I'm trying to avoid them <laughs> because of the language. I don't want to talk. In, I already have a couple clients that are Italian is enough. Mm. Yes. Favorite <laughs> Italian place to eat? Here. It's not here. It's in San Marcos. Okay. It's in San Marcos. The owners and cookers are friends of mine. They're amazing pizza and other stuff amazing and the name is amalfi amalfi cucina italiana okay. yes mm. it's hung- so hungry like, now. oh my god awesome all right well hey thanks for coming thank by it's a ton of fun thank you <laughs> oh, so you didn't seem nervous at all i know you're here huh <laughs> yeah that's i'm surprised it's the first time you ever heard your voice it's cool